Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12, just one verse. It says, Paul writing to a young leader, he says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you also were called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I want to speak with you tonight on the first part of 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight. I want to speak to you about why I believe it's important that you fight. Why it's important that you not simply be a cruising Christian. Someone who simply says, well, you know, whatever's going to happen has already been ordained, but to fight the good fight. It's a strange phrase, isn't it? Fight the good fight of faith. I think you've got to ask yourself, why is it a good fight? Well, firstly, it's a good fight because the outcome of it has already been decided. If you go to the back of the Bible, you discover that the end has already been decided by Almighty God. And it's this, Christians one, devil zero. In other words, the outcome of the universal battle that's been going on through the ages, Job referenced it. Job spoke about an eternal battle. The prophet Ezekiel had an insight into the heavenly realms. Daniel gave us an insight when he said that an angel came and said that a battle had been raging in the heavenlies. And right throughout the early days, Scripture tells us that if the enemy had have known what was going to be the outcome of Christ's death on the cross, of His resurrection, and what would ensue after that, that there would come an unbroken chain of millions of believers down through the ages, that there would be the great heroes of the faith, the people like Martin Luther, the people like William Booth, the people like John and Charles Wesley, the people like some of the great heroes that many of whom have gone on before. I read a book years ago called Christian Preachers and it took everyone from Christodom in the first century AD right through to John Stott, one of the heroes of evangelical Christianity last century. And it chronicled the lives of these people many of whom, quite frankly, I had never heard of. It spoke about a man in Wales, a preacher who was so in, in his humanity, so weak and so unsure that sometimes he didn't want to go to church. He would lay in bed and his mum would come and say, you've got to go. And he'd say, Mama, I'm so inadequate. I don't feel that I'm capable of carrying the glory of the gospel. I'm so unworthy. Haven't we all felt like that? 
And, and the service would start and the preacher would not even be there. And yet eventually they'd send over a deacon to the home, to the manse, and they would find him laying in bed and they'd eventually cajole him and get him up. You might think this is a strange story. And yet when he got there and would stand in the pulpit, it was like the glory of God Himself would descend in that place and, and hotels would empty and people would leave the pubs and they'd come to the church and they'd fall down and cry out to God. Jails, it was reported, were emptied. Such was the glory of God. That's just one story. Many of you would know of other stories of people that have gone into lands where their blood has been spilt. There's a book called Fox's Book of Martyrs literally written uh, about people who've given their lives for the sake of the gospel. There is an unbroken line of people since the day of Pentecost to the day we're in now, people that have fought the good fight of faith, people that have believed. And now you and I get to occupy a space that they spoke about, that they lived for. We are the beneficiaries of that. We stand on the shoulders of great men and women of God. I remember as a young believer hearing about Catherine Kuhlman. I'd never heard her name, but she was called of God every month in the Shrine Auditorium in Los Angeles a 10,000 seat building. People would line up. There was an airline pilot who came from Australia. They said he wouldn't live. They said he was going to die, but he'd heard of Catherine Kuhlman, the ministry, flew to Los Angeles and got healed there. And they wrote a book, uh, a book about the healing, medically testifying to the change that supernaturally had been wrought. Can I say to you that the miracles God gives you and the things God gives you to do are never, they're never kind of just how well they're celebrated. Every one of them is another piece in a line that goes back all the way to the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit fell in that upper room. Something got started that's never been stopped despite all the philosophers, the Voltaires, the Rousseaus, all the, the leaders that, like Marx and others who boasted that one day the Bible, the Word of God, would be nothing more than an anachronistic history that you'd only find in a library. And yet still today, people open this book on a daily basis and find life and strength. They find hope and they find help. They find salvation and life in here. And still, it goes forward around the globe. We live in an amazing day. And I'm preaching this to you this evening or whatever time zone it is where you are when you're a part of this. Because sometimes I'm a little concerned that we so are in love with the good and the, the grace of God that we'll forget verses like this that tell me I've got to fight a good fight. Certainly it's a good fight because the outcome's already been decided. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, good verse to memorise. Whatever's born of God overcomes the world. Isn't that a good verse? 
Come on now, Christian. Whatever's born of God, I'm gonna, I've got to stand up. I can't sit down any longer. I'm feeling like I'm, I'm just ready to go here. Whatever's born of God overcomes the world. There is something. Listen to me. I don't care if you think you're the most pathetic Christian that God ever born again. But I'm telling you now, there's something inside of you that is strong. There's something inside of you that is incorruptible. There's something inside of you that cannot be defeated. There's something inside of you that has the power to change the world you live in. Whatever's born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Well, secondly, it's a good fight because the outcomes of this fight really matter. It's a good fight because we're not playing. You know, I, I played uh, competitive sport for years and loved it. But at the end of it, I played for a trophy. You know, and, and how good was that? And You know, but after you've won a few, they just get lost and forgotten. Can I say to you that everything a believer fights for, heaven celebrates and not once does heaven forget it. The Bible says, give a glass of water in the name of Jesus and heaven notices and remembers that. Come on. Don't ever think, don't ever believe what the enemy wants to tell you, that you're irrelevant. You know, we act sometimes like, we act like church is a movie set and there's the stars, you know, the ones that have their own trailer and then everyone else is extras. That there is nothing more wrong than that perspective of what the church is. There are no stars and extras. We're not a part of the crowd who wouldn't be missed. Matthew 5 verse 13 and 14, Jesus tells these disciples who haven't done anything yet. He says, you are the salt of the earth and you're the light of the world. The truth is that we are in a battle for significant territory not meaningless ground. We're not in a battle for something that will quickly be forgotten, like some of the fashions or some of the technology that's here today and then it's gone. Cassettes, eight tracks, reel-to-reel, CDs. Cars don't even have CD players anymore. And that technology that everyone said was so cutting edge is now gone. But you know what? What you do for Christ, what you do, I really want you to get this tonight. I want every believer who's a part of this service, I really want you to go out of here saying, you know what, I really matter. What I'm doing really counts. We are in a battle for significant territory. But it's the third one of these that I want to spend most time on in just the next few minutes. It's a good fight because it's a good thing to be a fighter. I'm not talking obviously about the physical. I'm speaking about spiritually. Look at chapter 2 of 2 Timothy, verse 1. Again, Paul writing to a young leader who's a little bit unsure of himself and a little bit, you know, a bit kind of timid about some things. He says, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things that you've heard from me among many witnesses. Commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You therefore must endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Huh? I don't want to go in the army. Well, if you're a believer, God counts you as a part of His army. 
No one engages who engages in warfare and tangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him. I love that. It doesn't say I enlisted. It says he enlisted me. Amen. He got you. How many of you can look back over that moment where you said yes to Christ and you look back and you know that God was at work making it happen till you got to that point. We say, I gave my heart to Jesus. Oh, I think He stole it. Amen. We act like somehow or other we were, we were there saying, Lord, I've come to the point. Here I am. And He's going, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been working on you for years. I knew where you were going. Huh? I look back to my own point of saying yes to Christ and I go, what, one thing after another, after another, there's someone sitting here in this service tonight. And I remember asking her, she may have even told this story, how did you come? Well, I was catching a bus and the bus stopped here and I got off and she's never left. Well, she's left for her work, but... Some days, some people here think they're here a lot. I've heard of people who were walking past and heard the worship and the praise and just said, I had someone say to me, I felt compelled. I just had to come in, give their life to Christ. I'm telling you, it's a good thing that we be a fighter because there's something great that we're a part of and He's enlisted us. We are a part of His army. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12. I love this one. It says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of this uh, world, of the darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. But keep it up there a second. Look at the beginning of it. It says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, If you understand English, you will understand that implied in the grammar of that, it reads like this. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but we do wrestle. I believe that you will wrestle whether you know it or not. I believe that there's a spiritual battle and that either you will wrestle with a knowledge of the enemy, a knowledge of your weapons and a knowledge and a certainty of your victory or else you'll just be stumbling around, but you will wrestle. You may as well learn how to fight because the battle's coming, whether you like it or not. That's such a positive statement, isn't it? But don't be a passive or laid-back believer. Paul obviously wasn't. We've just read every one of those verses that he wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So obviously the Apostle Paul wasn't this laid-back, passive individual. And, And can I just be a pastor for a minute, because I am. Can I just pause a minute and say, I get a little bit concerned that sometimes many believers' language is all grace. Let me make this statement to you that all grace doesn't mean exclusively grace. I'll say that again. All grace doesn't mean exclusively grace. I don't want a surgeon to pause with the scalpel. And when I say, and where did you get your qualifications? He says, oh, it's all by grace, brother. (laughs) Amen. 
I want to be able to look up on the wall and see the result of grace, which is the talent and the gift and the intellect that started. But I want to see the works that go along with the grace. Amen. You know, my wife and I were on a plane only a few weeks ago up to Exmouth. I really don't want a pilot who comes, comes out there looking all disheveled. You know, caps askew. You know, shirts hanging out. You know, got papers hanging out. You know that massive briefcase they all seem to carry. And I want papers, maps or whatever hanging out of there. And when I say, and by the way, how long does it take to train to be an airline pilot? And he or she says to me, oh, no, 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 it's all by grace, brother. Yep, I just showed up and they gave it to me. Because I tell you what I'm going to do at that moment. I'm going to say, God bless you and God bless everyone else, but I'm not flying on a plane that's exclusively flown by someone who's all grace. Are you with me here? Because sometimes I realise people can go to extremes. Some people are all out in the works and you've got to earn favour with God. But don't make the mistake of, you, listen, you can't use one doctrine of Scripture to disallow another doctrine of Scripture. Do I believe in the grace of God? Absolutely. Do I believe in the sovereignty of Almighty God? Absolutely. But God's sovereignty and God's grace are not choices I make between that and faith's works. Sovereignty doesn't mean I don't have to fight because after all, He knows it all. I've had people say to me, well, you know, I don't need to pray because after all, He knows what I'm going to ask before I even ask it. Yeah, but Jesus still said, it's important that you pray and don't faint. Amen. Why did Jesus tell you to pray and not faint? If God doesn't need you to pray, it's just a useless spiritual exercise. Are you with me here? I don't want a surgeon who got their license to operate exclusive by grace. Grace doesn't mean that. And so when it comes to the battle that we're in, it's a good thing that you be a fighter. I want every one of you to fight for the promises of God. I want you to say, God, I'm fighting for the salvation of my family. I'm believing for it. Oh, well, if the Lord wants them to come, He'll put it in their heart. Amen. But I tell you, behind every, every great thing God does is an army of people that pray. Come on. I'm not preaching this because we've got a prayer gathering on Thursday. But it's, if, if that works for you, so be it. I just know that without prayer, the church simply is drifting. Without believing fighters, Christians that say enough's enough. I'm not going to settle for that. I'm not going to accept that, that diagnosis. I'm not going to accept that lack. I'm not going to just lay down and just say, no, my mind is tormented. Oh, well, maybe it's just the cross I'm meant to bear. I'm praying tonight that many of you that have feel, felt overwhelmed by the struggle tonight will find something on the inside that'll cause you to stand up and say, I'm going to fight for what God said's mine. Amen. The battle does belong to the Lord. There's no doubt about it. I'm not taking anything away from God's grace or His sovereignty or from His victory that He wrought for us. Proverbs 21 verse 31 though says this, 
It says the horse is prepared for the day of battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. Now let me read it to you the other way around. The victory belongs to the Lord, but you'd better prepare your horse. Amen. So by all means, trust God. By all means, declare that God's got it all and that He's sovereign, but you better prepare the horse. Amen. The horse is prepared against the day of battle. Sometimes the only difference between victory and defeat is how long we're willing to fight. This phrase dropped into my heart this week and it so struck me. Don't pray for smaller enemies. Pray for greater strength. You know, so many people when they face their Goliaths are really hoping that if they just wait long enough, Goliath will shrink. Can we just get something less? Can I have a smaller battle to fight? Is there somebody else out there that I can tackle? You know, are there there any height-challenged people that I can tackle? Don't pray for smaller enemies in your world. Come on, some of you here, I, I know in this service, I know again that I know that I know I'm speaking to some of you that are facing huge things and, and your, your human response, which I get, I'm no different to you. The human response is to go, oh God, if I, if I just close my eyes for a while and maybe it'll go away. But when you open your eyes, it's there still again. I've discovered Goliaths never retreat because you don't want to fight. Goliath came out every day for 40 days and not one of them moved toward him. And it would have been 41 and 42 and 43 and 44 and 45 and 46. And on it goes, it would have kept on going until someone stood up. It says about Deborah, if those of you know that story in the book of Judges, she says, until I, Deborah, arose. Until I arose. People were afraid to go on the highways and the byways until I arose. Come on, there is so much going on in our world right now that if you won't arise, it'll just keep on being like it is. Never think to yourself, I can't affect a city. Never think to yourself, I can't change a nation. Never think to yourself, I can't change my community. Never think to yourself, I can't affect my family. The reality is the Goliaths in your family are going to keep on roaring until finally one day you get sick of it and say, enough's enough. I'm going to stand up against that thing in the name of Jesus. I'm going to come against it with the weapons of my warfare that aren't carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Amen. God never promises to shrink my enemies, but He does promise to increase my strength. Let me give you a bunch of verses here. Romans 8 verse 11. But, but, if the Spirit of Him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. I actually believe that you can have a source of energy that's got nothing to do with your personality or your physical strength. I believe the Holy Spirit talks about rivers of living water. I believe that a God-given vision carries supernatural ability and energy with it. But, Romans 10 verse 6, but the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. 
Romans 12, 21, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. 1 Corinthians 2, 16, for who has known the mind of the Lord that He may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 and 5, but God who is rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses or sins, made us alive together with Christ. What do you find in common with all of those? Is that every one of them is a great but. I'm looking for Christians with a great but. That was a little bit cheeky, wasn't it? But you get where I'm coming from. I really, I, I pray that there'll be no spiritual inertia around your life. I pray that you won't be one of those people who goes, oh, well, it must have been meant to be. Amen. I want you to become a fighter for the things of God. I want you to come on, mums and dads, don't just go, oh, well, kids today. My Bible says that unbelieving children are sanctified by a believing parent. So don't just say, oh, well, I can't do anything. Start believing over your family. Amen. Don't just kind of go, well, my workplace, they're all, you know, so ungodly. Why don't you go in half an hour early before anybody else is there? Go into that workplace and start to pray and say, God, because I'm here, there is a supernatural presence of you that's in this place. This workplace is going to change in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Don't just allow the enemy to come and spew his garbage onto your front yard of your life and just go, oh, well, it must have been meant to be. Come on, are you with me here? I'm looking for Christians that just go, I'm just sick of this stuff. Amen? Come on. So many people are protesting and stuff and I've got nothing really against that, but I just wish that everybody would put as much energy into the spiritual battles as they do into those other ones. Let me finish by saying this. Whatever we exercise grows. I wasn't born a fighter. I was born a chicken. Really. I was the littlest kid in my class right through to year 10. I was timid. I was the shyest person I've ever met. But you know, when I came to Jesus and I got baptised in the Holy Spirit, Something really did change. Something that's not me. I'm certainly not in any sense boasting on anything I may have done. I, I look at it and I go, he did that. He built that. I thank God for the encouragement and for the challenge of the Scriptures. That if God said I could have it, I'd go, well, it may as well be me. Whatever you exercise grows. You can build a fighting spirit. Now, I want to pray right now for people. I know that in this service, there are people who feel overwhelmed. Please understand I'm not trying to badger you or make you feel bad that maybe you've struggled because I'd put my hand up and say there's been plenty of times I've struggled. And sometimes I've struggled for a while. But I've discovered if I keep going back to God, I, I don't have any magic answers. I only have good Bible ones. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength.
The word renew there is a Hebrew word that literally means to exchange. Means I give him the strength I have and I get his in return. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. Next Sunday morning, I'm speaking on that verse and what it means for you and I in the seasons we're in right now. It's very powerful. But I want to pray for you. I don't know who you all are. I don't know what your life looks like right now. I just know that there are people and maybe you're at home and you're a part of this service. Maybe you're in the building and you're a part of this service. And you would be saying, Jeff, I'm just kind of, I just feel overwhelmed. I feel like the giant's so big. It would be even silly for me to start. And yet, the reason you're still tuned into this service, the reason you're still a part of it is because the Holy Spirit, see, there's no accident. He got you here to hear this. Why? Because He wants you to take this and go, I'm going to fight for that. Are you struggling with a habit, with some tendency in your life? You go, I don't know how to defeat it. Why don't you begin by saying, Lord, would you start building a fighting spirit in my life? Paul wrote to Timothy, a young man. He said, come on, Timothy. Don't give in to the pressures that are all around about you. Ephesus was an intellectual city, but of great ungodliness. There was lots of spiritual pressure. That's where Timothy was. And Paul writes to him and says, come on, man, fight the good fight. Fight the good fight. You'll win it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this service. God, I pray for people here that feel like the enemy's been the one landing all of the hits. That it's just been one thing after another. There's some of you where you feel like, you know, if it had just been the one thing, I could have dealt with it but it's been one and then another and then another and you're feeling just absolutely battered and bruised and here comes the Holy Spirit a bruised reed He will not break a smoking wick He won't quench so He's coming with tenderness to you and He's coming beside you and saying I'm going to help you and He's going to give scriptures to you in this week to come and you're going to think about them. You're going to go, where did that come from? Well, it's the Holy Spirit saying, come on, this is for you. You can win this battle. You don't have to be defeated. You can win this battle. He's already won the war. But the battle you're fighting right now, He's going to help you with that in Jesus' name. Lord, whether it's a physical thing, an emotional thing, a mental thing, a financial thing, whether it's just something of character and in our life. Oh God, we need your help. Help us, Lord. Thank you that you're the one who comes alongside of us in Jesus' name. I believe it right now. I'm not trying to hurry this through. This is not a prayer just to be nice to finish. I feel like right now, while we're in this space and place, the Holy Spirit is actually doing something inside of people. Some of you that have felt like 
giving up altogether on God, on life, on people. I'm going to feel a renewed spring in your step this week. I want you to email through to me, info at Metro Church, send it through, or, or contact us through at ministry time and say, this is what God did. This is how God helped me. This is what God did in my life in Jesus' name. Listen, Goliath wasn't undefeatable. It's just that no one had ever tackled him. When a young boy called David that nobody else believed could win, when he went out, all of a sudden the battle was won. And then everyone's patting him on the back saying, we knew you'd win. I pray you're going to have that in your life. People saying, I knew you'd make it. Father, help us today. In Jesus' name. We thank you for the grace that you pour out on us, for the victory you've prepared for us, and for the strength that you give us to win our battles. In Jesus' name. Amen. One of the things I love so much is the opportunity to tell someone about Jesus. It's never become just a part of our service. I know that right now there are people hearing all this and inside your heart, the Holy Spirit is saying, this bit's for you. Come on, come back to Him. There's people tonight that need to come back to Christ. You were walking with God and you walked away Tonight's your night to say, yes, I'm coming back. I'd love it if you would text yes. 488 If you're outside of Australia or if you'd prefer to get my help uh, via email, then go to yes.metrochurch.org.au. We would love to be a part of helping you in the next steps of your journey. Yes is the beginning. Yes is where you start. If you will send us your yes, to 0488826392 or at yes.metrochurch.org.au tomorrow or the day after you do it. People did it this morning. So tomorrow morning at 7am our time, they're going to be getting a scripture and a prayer. If it's on one screen of the smartphone and it comes from us to them, not from anyone else. And we're going to send that to them and it'll help them to continue to walk with Jesus. We'd love to send it to you. So God bless you as you do.